I'm Garrison Doctor. And I'm Corinne Doctor. And this is Fishing Stories. Fly fishing takes us to incredible places right in our backyard and across the world. We are here to tell the stories of those adventures. On today's episode, we catch up with our good friend, Mr. Chuck Head, out of Georgia. Chuck is a career fly fishing guide with a few diversions along the way. And uh, he has some good stories to tell. He uh, catches us up on a couple of past tales from the trenches. And in some ways, Chuck has seen it all. But he also warned us against saying that because that's almost a guarantee that your next one will be a doozy. That's right. So without further ado, let's catch up with Chuck. Chuck, you on the line? I am on the line. How's it going, guys? We're hanging in there. We're doing all right over here. How are you doing? Uh, about the same, man. Best yeah. as can be, you know. And tell the people uh, where you are right now and uh, maybe what you're drinking. I am up here in the mountains uh, in Dahlonega, Georgia, which uh, I'm sure everybody knows exactly where that is. Yeah. Um, you know, about an hour north of Atlanta, Appalachian foothills. And I am drinking a uh, Bell's Two-Hearted IPA right now. Perfect. And, uh, it is delicious. Well, cool. it is yep. Friday night, so it it's happy hour starting pretty early on, on Friday, so. For sure. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking back here to kind of how, how we met. Um, and right. you were guiding at Harmel's in southern Colorado on the Taylor River at the time. That is correct. Chuck is the guy that brought us into the resort as a brand. So he brought the Rep Your Water brand in. I think we got just like a blind email one day from Chuck Head. Yep, that (laughs) is correct. I was working there and I had also, maybe it was, uh, maybe it was the fall before that I was over, uh, around Silverthorne. I was competing in that, uh, America's cup, um, fly fishing competition thing they have over there, that thing over there anyway, but I was there on a team, uh, with a bunch of other, you know, dudes like me, you know, when we went into, uh, I think it was cutthroat anglers. I'm pretty sure that would make sense. Um, yep. And, um, and this was like your, this was generation one, right? Your water. Yeah. Cutthroat uh, Anglers was sure. our second retailer ever. And, um, it was like, I think it was like straight up the Colorado, uh, hats at that point, you know, uh, y'all were fresh out of the gate. It was just like six of us walked into there and everybody saw all those things. We were like, yep. And, uh, everybody bought one, you know, and we're like, all right, well, we can't wear these at the same time. We're all like, you know, <laughs> crazy but you know it is solid that was very it's a very good brand i mean congratulations you guys well Uh, we appreciate it i don't think i've ever heard that intro to the brand before (laughs) that's how i was i don't know if i ever told it but that's the first time i came into contact with y'all but uh that next summer there i was i was at the ranch and i was like man i could sell a bunch of those things here because you know people were just coming on vacation there and going fly fishing and i was like those things just sell themselves you know so yeah that was that was the beginning there was through the ranch there crazy crazy enough yeah i love it that's great you know one thing that i absolutely love about the fly fly fishing industry and you run across people like chuck that fly fishing brings you together and they're just genuine good people 
And it's been such a fr- like a fun friendship that's grown over the past few years out of that initial sort of brand uh, relationship. So I, I love that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, especially as Garrison got more excited about tying instead of just fishing, kind of doing the full circle gamut. And Chuck is right. a hell of a tire. Yeah, we're mostly going to talk about some guide stories from from Chuck, but we like to refer to uh, Chuck's flies as Chuck ties here in the household, and they carry they carry like a special class. If like oh, you're yeah. like, oh, I'm tying on a Chuck tie, it's you, like, you oh, can pick them out of the I box gotcha. immediately. Uh, I got you. Oh, you're you're putting on a Chuck tie. Yeah, huh? they have a personality, yeah. and they're gonna catch fish. Oh, for sure. Oh. Thank you very, uh, <laughs> thank you very, very much. Uh, I've been keeping up with Garrison's, Garrison's uh, ties on uh, Instagram here, and I gotta say that uh, looking mighty spiffy these days. So, I <laughs> uh, do what I can, do what I can. He's trying I to like keep it, up with uh, all of his fly tying mentors, you included. That's right. That is right. Uh, it's a good, good time for that. Yep. So, real quick, we don't want to do a, a, yep. t- a ton of bio here, Chuck, but kind of tell us how you got into guiding. Well, I started fly fishing uh, when I was 12 up here. Had been fishing the whole time before that, but started fly fishing when I was 12. And there was only, well, there was the fish hawk in Atlanta. There was a fly shop at that time. But, you know, up here in North Georgia, that was, uh, you know, that was a different world going down to Atlanta from up here. So there was that, there was one up here in Helen, Georgia, uh, Unicoi Outfitters, where I went to to you know, at that time, that was like 1995. Gotcha. So that was, you know, pre-internet, you know, much less Amazon, you know, shipping you fly tying stuff or fly fishing stuff, you know. You had to go to a fly shop to, to get fly fishing stuff, pretty much. They got turned 18, started uh, guiding for them. And what is, what's the type of guide trip up there? Just wade fishing? What's what's going on? Paint a picture. At that, uh, at that time, we did, you know... Um, you do public water wade trips, you know, wild, if you had the right person, you know, wild trout, like wild brook trout trips, um, you know, private water trophy trout trips. And then depending on kind of how the fishing was on the tailwaters, we would do some float trips as well, depending on how that fishing was kind of varied year to year. But uh, a little bit of that, a lot of private water wade. Right. And when you know, did you start making the seasonal commute and guiding in Colorado? I was trying to count up. I think this past season was my ninth season. Okay. Um, I'm not sure which year that would have been. I mean, we don't need to date ourselves too much. Right. Yeah. Right. Broad broad (laughs) strokes will work here, buddy. Yeah, for sure. So I've been, it's about a decade ago (laughs) that I started uh, doing the, the half and half thing there. I got it all the way through college and then I, uh, moved to Charleston, South Carolina and I lived there for, probably four years not guiding working in like banking uh, job with my degree there and then after that started doing the uh, the half and half Colorado and Georgia and that's been almost a decade I love it as I recall the banking and finance wasn't quite a fit which I understand yeah no I never uh, I never had my heart into that from uh, day one you know yeah uh, for sure you know i was never 
I was never the wolf of Wall Street by any means, you know. <laughs> Knowing you now, I cannot imagine corporate Chuck. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, yeah. As as I like to tell people, I uh, absolutely took no for an answer, you know. <laughs> you want to buy some stock? No. I'm sorry I bothered you. I will never talk to you again. <laughs> I am you so know? sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. Uh, yeah. Please forgive me. Oh, that's excellent. That's awesome. Well, I feel well, pretty uh, honored that we got to fish with you this last summer because I know that you're not coming back this summer just because you've got the new baby in tow. But uh, that was just yeah. such a hell of a couple of days we got to spend together. Yeah, that was uh, that was great. That was really good. Uh, good for me. I was thinking of that earlier today. Thinking that was a good. Great couple of days right there. Remember we had some good uh good dry fly eats there. Oh man. I mean some the, the hopper the eats were great and the streamer bite in the morning was awesome. Yeah, that was that was good. I'm glad that the gunnison kind of showed out a little bit there for you when you were there, you know. Yeah. I mean you can't beat like big dries and streamers as far as I'm concerned. And like clear no. water dry flights. Like you could see these fish queuing up like I see that. I think I'm going to swim over. I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was cool for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's special for me cuz I'm one of those people that really believes her birthday is a very important day of the year. So, that was my birthday trip. Garrison and I right. try to fish on my birthday every year. And I think we had to delay it a week, but that just meant that we extended the celebration. Well, I'm thinking back, Chuck, we've also had some great trips, like backpacked into a a beautiful canyon here in Colorado one kind of late summer and just hit like a beautiful kind of late summer caddis hatch. Remember that? It was a fantastic trip. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Back on that, that was... uh... That was really special in there. I remember we had elk bugle in at night. Yeah. I remember fish uh, laying in a tent here and fish eat. Yeah. In the morning, you know, through the wall of the tent. Yeah. They were they were going. I mean, it was that was such a sort of idyllic late summer canyon camping trip. I still remember that one. Oh, I think back on that one. That was about as good as it gets. You know, I mean, weather, perfect weather. This fish after fish is just such, you know. Yeah. It's great water through there. So cool. So many yeah. good dry fly fish. For sure. One thing that I took away from that trip is I distinctly remember still we were both fishing this run and the caddis were kind of just really getting going and um, we were stroking fish and I looked back and, and you were just kind of taking a break on the bank and kind of laying back and I was like, I'm, I'm kind of a go, go, go fisherman by nature, you know, and I looked back yeah, and was I like, can attest to that. I was like, what are you, what are you doing? You know? And you were like, man, I'm good right now. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of soaking this in. And that's a, a life lesson that I, I try to take on from Chuck that, I you was going to say, Chuck, how can we actually teach him this life lesson? Cause he has not taken a minute to slow down since then. Something from, uh, you know, guiding every day, you know, when I'm out there, you know, I'm, of course, having a good time and everything, but I am wanting people to catch pretty much as many fish as humanly possible in that day. 
you know, as well. So when I'm out there for myself, you know, I really, really do take a few steps back and, you know, catch a couple and do exactly what you're talking about there. I know I can remember the pool where, where, uh, where you were talking to me about that actually down there. I was like, ah, keep on. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love taking breaks and netting someone else's fish or just watching a couple eats for a while. Oh yeah. I remember, uh, I remember that trip sitting up on a big high ledge and watching fish uh, eating the run there when you were fishing to them. And uh, that was a great memory from that trip uh, for me too. Anytime, anytime you can get up high and watch fish, uh, fish the fish you can see, like that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. That well, awesome. speaking of uh, kind of grinding it out in the guide life, yep. tell us a couple of stories because I know you've been at this for a few years here. Uh, Tell us, tell us some things that kind of stick in your memory from the, from the guide grind, if you will. This was years ago now in Georgia, but I had, thankfully, my client for the day, uh, he had just graduated from college a couple of years ago, and he was an offensive lineman for the University of Alabama. So he's a literally a massive human being. You know, he's like six, seven, weighs like close to 400 pounds probably <laughs> um this comes into play here you know how, how it went right now during that time i was guiding the lease there that just had these giant you know pushing the state record size you know out here in georgia you know in the upper you know 15 pound plus fish you know if you think kind of jurassic lake style some of those fish in that size range you know fighting those guys on not very big water and I've been you know I've been guiding for a long time and I've been you know playing around with different things and you know some of these huge fish were just there were some logs that they were just you know you know we're fighting you know fishing with six and seven weights and they were just taking us under some logs and snapping us off and there was just really not much we could do to stop them and so got it in my head from you know I'd bass fish a good bit to spin fish for bass and um I was like, man, I'm just going to start fishing with braided line when I'm streamer when I'm streamer fishing for these things because they're not really seeing, you know, the line anyway. And so I'm going to start fishing with a few feet of, you know, like 30-pound braid, which is basically you can, you know, drag a truck out of the ditch on 30-pound braid. <laughs> right, and the crazy thing about braid is, like, it actually has good movement. I mean, it has great it's, it's not clear, but... I don't think clarity is really the main factor when it comes to a trout eating anyway, especially a streamer. So right. probably doesn't actually hurt you a whole lot. Right. No, it did. You know, it was kind of uh, when, it, you know, when you came forward on your cast, it felt a little bit weird coming past your head, you know. <laughs> um, but other than that, once it hit the water, it was, you know, great. Uh, but and it, it winds up, you know, the story, it works a little bit too well you know, latching onto these fish and, you know, you just crank, crank the drag down on a quality reel. And I mean, that thing can't go anywhere. Yeah. You know? And so I figured this out. I was like, well, this is working pretty good. And then, you know, finally we hooked one of those like super jumbo. They look like little baby tuna size trout and it's straightened out there. You know, the rods about straightened out like a seven weight pointed at it there. And the fish is like, out there on the end of the line like this is weird i should be going somewhere and i'm not you know uh guys like all torqued on the fish and then finally what i didn't think of uh happened and that the hook 
just tore through the fish's mouth. Yeah, well, because uh, Mr. 6-7 offensive lineman could probably put a fair amount of pressure on a trout through some 20-pound yep. braids. Yep. And um, so big, you know, massive streamer comes back at us, you know, breaks the, you know, the sound barrier, you know, <laughs> way back at us and just smacks my client right in the side of the throat. Oh, and God. just makes, I mean, it makes the sound like echoes in the, you know, little, the little holler we're in there in North Georgia there. Like, and I mean, you're just still call- hearing <sighs> that sound to this day, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. And uh, he, like, you know, turns away and he's got his hand over, you know, his hand like the size of a baseball glove. You know, he's, like, got it over his neck, you know, and he, like, kind of goes down and he comes back up and turns and looks at me and he's like, how's it look? And he's got blood just pouring out of the side of his neck. Oh, and uh, and uh, I was just like, not good, man. Really not good. <laughs> not good. How do I say this? Doesn't look good, buddy. Uh, yeah, I can't even lie. Like, it was already starting to turn color, like, around the wound there, like, oh, black and purple, God. you know, like, instantly, like, I mean, it drilled. It was like he can get it with a golf ball or something, you know. Like, if that had been anything less than a, you know, SEC offensive lineman, we're talking about probably a fatality right there in the river. Like, so what are your next guide steps? Like, how does the pro guide step in? Apply pressure. So, well, the first thing is that I'm not touching that hook. Like, because nah. it's, I can see his, you know, jugular in his neck right there. It's not in his jugular, but it's just next to it. We like go over to my truck and I'm getting ready to, uh, you know, drive him to the hospital and... This is where the story just kind of has a little anticlimactic thing, man. He kind of took what little bit of a barb was left on the hook there off of it and jiggles the thing out of his neck. And so the hook's free. And then, you know, we've got, you know, towel on it, pressure. It's not in the main, you know, it's not in a vein or anything like that. Like I said, I know it missed his big art when we stay there for like, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes. And he went home. There you go. That's good to go. Um, by, by, I mean, when he drove out of there, I mean, his neck was black. Like, oh. the side of his neck was, like, black and purple. And I'm like, man, like, still think you should go to the hospital. Like, you've got some sort of, like, you know, I don't know, hemorrhage or something in your neck here, man. Like, <laughs> you're going to die in your sleep. I don't know, but. Did you get a tip that day? I did get a tip. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> And that, I never heard from him again after that, though. And I had him a couple of times. Repeat but, but, clients yeah, after that. You know. Oh, geez. that was kind of the end of that. Uh, I feel like we've funny. all had a moment in our trout fishing career where you're like, "The heck with it! I'm just gonna go super heavy." And then you realize, yeah, what is there to lose? There are actually <laughs> drawbacks to going super heavy. I mean, I've done this floating when I'm fishing streamers here in Colorado when the river is kind of off color and some bigger fish eating. And I'm like, I'm just going to throw, you know, 20 pound for 25 pound fluoro, you know. Right. And then when you hook up, I'm going to lose less flies. Yeah. But then when you realize you do actually stick a log that you didn't see because the water's off color and you have to break it. Well, you just torched your fly line or that streamer pops off exactly like you described and it's terrifying yep yeah so yep. the moral of the story is be 400 pounds 
<laughs> and yeah. uh, fish slightly lighter. Build in a little bit of a breaking strength into your leader, uh, maybe. Oh my yeah, lord! That that was the end of my my braid, my foray into braid. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. Let that let that story to anybody who's out there thinking about monkeying with braid. Let yeah. that be. Just Leave put that be. one to bed right there. I love yeah, it. Well, tell it. us another one from the guide life. What do you got? One from out west, somewhere between uh, Almont and Gunnison, on that seven seven and a half half mile stretch there, which you know is mostly private uh, private float through with very few pullover. Uh, options there. There's a little bit of like 100 yards of BLM land. After you leave that, which is about halfway down, you're kind of, there's about four miles of, you know, pretty much float until you get to uh, Gunnison there. You know, floating down through there and you float, you know, y'all float the river, you know, it's pretty fast-paced game down through there, you know, and I'm watching what you're doing, watching both your rigs and dodging rocks, you know, and a lot going on. Yeah, so. it's a it's a high gradient river in that section. I mean, it's not like this isn't like a slow S curve situation. This is like a no. up and running freestone kind of feel. For yeah. sure. And so I'm not really looking at the floor of my boat. It's kind of what I'm getting at, you know, by all that uh, as we're going down through there. And I think this was like in the this is like said early October even maybe um, where you know when I'm putting my boat in at 6 o'clock in the morning it might be 28 degrees or something like that I'm wearing flip flops every day out there I just don't want to put on waders because I'm going to be putting them on every day once I get back to Georgia so um, <laughs> watching the boat you know my, basically my legs are numb from 6am till after lunch Anyway, we're going down through there, fishing along, fishing along, and I'm kind of noticing, you know, you know, cast right, cast right, you know, a little closer in, a little closer in, da da da, and uh, kind of noticing that the boat boat's not really responding like it should, you know, like it's taking a little more to move it to the left or right than what it normally is, and then the guy in the back uh, starts asking questions. He's like, uh, he's like, so if you get water in this boat, uh, like, how do you get it out of the boat? <laughs> I'm like, well, I've got, a, I've got like a bail bucket here, you know, that, uh, you know, I feel like if we take on a wave or something in the whitewater park, you know, I bail it out and keep on going down the river. And he's like, okay, keep on going down. It's no comment. The boat. And he's like, so rafts, I've been on rafts, you know, and like when water comes in the boat, there's like, you know, it goes back out through holes in the floor in the boat, you know. Oh, dear. The yeah, old like, self-bailing raft is different yeah. than the, than the yeah. drift boat, right? Yeah, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, yeah, that's how those those work, you know. It's like, water comes in the boat here, you know. I, I dump it out, you know. I take this bail bucket and dump it out. <laughs> Still going out through there, you know. Cast left, cast right, you know. And, uh, <laughs> finally, he's like, so I see how water's coming in the boat. I just don't see how it's supposed to get out of the boat. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, like, no. <laughs> What do you mean you see how water's coming in the boat? And he's like, well, it's coming through this hole in the floor of the bottom of the boat. I turn around, and I'm like, hey, did you kick the plug out of the boat? And by that time, I mean, like, you know, we're talking about a couple hundred gallons in the boat, probably. Oh, Oh, no. Everybody needed waders in the boat. Oh, yeah, like, you know, the streamer boxes are floating, like, around, like, mid, (laughs) you know, calf level on me. And, you know, it's, this this story's only made possible by how numb my legs were, uh, you know, that time of year, by not feeling, you know, the water creeping up my, my legs in the boat, you know. 
Oh my god! Uh, and of course, yeah. he probably just assumed like, oh, he can feel the water and he knows, so this yeah, must be a, like this must be this fine. Is, this is part of the show, you know. We're, uh, <laughs> we're coming. You're like, coming no, literally, here. We're, we're sinking, sinking buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I was like, eh, yeah. Oh yeah, we were absolutely sinking <laughs> in the middle of that, you know, high gradient river out there, <laughs> and like. Every effort I had there, there's a tiny little uh, strip. There's a little highway bridge, you know, that you've got public right away under there that happened to be coming up in like a half mile from where we were at that point. And it took an entire half mile of river to get the boat to the left side of the river to that one uh, one section of that bridge where you can drop anchor without swamping yourself immediately and got over there and just thankfully found the plug well having been on a boat with you i i can imagine how like the water level rising in the boat is the last thing you're thinking about i've never been more impressed with someone being able to like literally see two rigs at once like oh garrison tied her in corinne yeah cast that again i mean while navigating while navigating a pretty technical river it's a quick it's a lot going on out there you know people comment on it a lot they're like wow man you got you got a busy job you know yeah like yep but there's a lot of fish to be had out there so it makes it worth it boy are there ever there are it's uh it's amazing how many fish in that river you know just on a day-to-day basis as many people float down it especially now they're still there you still catch them it's yeah it's amazing it's just a great river you know for sure one good one that recurs more than i ever thought would here in the east you know when we do those wild trout trips you know we have a lot of waterfalls around here uh you know beautiful 30 40 50 foot 100 foot waterfalls and uh gosh it's like up to like four or five people now like where we come up to the base of the waterfall they'll like look at me and like man that's beautiful like who made that and just like look at me oh dear oh dear and i'm like uh god muhammad buddha (laughs) vishnu whoever you like yeah mother earth like whoever you wanna (laughs) yeah 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 pick one you know and they're like no 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 like what company made that waterfall i want to like have something like that in my backyard i was gonna say they're looking for contractors right yeah and i'm just staring at this person and we're in the middle of nowhere together i'm like are you a psychopath like are you about to kill me like what do you mean who made that waterfall what do you mean but doesn't that speak to the value of like getting that person out into those places and into kind of the wilderness and nature that wasn't curated for them and made by someone and giving them the understanding that there are those places that are gorgeous that are not for sure you know, the first time it happened, you know, I went home, like, told my dad or something. I was like, man, you're never going to believe what happened today, you know. And then, like, the third time it happened, I'm like, this is this is getting pretty sad. Like, you know. <laughs> I mean, they say, they say the first way to make someone want to preserve or conserve or protect a natural place is to get them in it and recreating. So... That's it. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, good, man. Well, listen, we really appreciate you taking the time and uh, 
you know, as we record this, we're we're still in this COVID-19 kind of pandemic situation. And I know you're obviously getting hit hard in terms of canceled trips and all the rest. So, man, we're thinking of you and, and to all of our friends that are guides out there. Do you have any kind of plugs you want to tell the people? Any any uh, final thoughts? Uh, you know, book your trips for the fall with your fishing guide if you, uh, if you can. Um, you know, if any of them do anything, tie flies or anything on the side, try to help them out that way, you know, if you can. Uh, that's all appreciated. It's definitely, uh, definitely a tough time, you know. It's a very seasonal job, you know. This one happened to wreck. You know, my, our season here in the southeast, for sure, a lot of the eastern, you know, trout fishing season is just getting destroyed right now. Tarpon season, you know, definitely in huge jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a good point to reach out to any guide that you've ever had before and see what their side hustle is because most yep. of you all have one. That's true. We, most, most of us have one. And do sure. you want yep. any more business on your flies? Because, I mean, we are believers. You want to give the people an opportunity to, to get their hands on a couple of chuck ties? After I get through, you know, I got this uh, monster order headed out to Montana that's I've sent half of it and the other half getting sent in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be open a little bit more and not tying size 22s for a while. So if you want size 22s, not look elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Anything uh, size 16 or larger, he's potentially open to. And uh, yeah, if you want to, um, you know, through my Instagram, um, at least reach out. You know, I'd, I'd be open to talking about some stuff. You know, I'm not doing any giant orders or anything. All right. Well, right now, tell the but, people. Uh, tell the people. Do you want to tell the people your Instagram? Well, it's as the Sam Crow ties is the handle on there. There you go. As the uh, Sam Crow ties, people hit them up. Get yourself a couple of flies. And uh, yeah, there's an underscore in front of that too. There. Ah. The uh, the Russians took my first account there. They were jealous of my 220 followers, so they had to have it. <laughs> <laughs> They're making hay now. Well, listen, we really appreciate you, and uh, hang tight down there. Be safe, and uh, and we'll be in touch. Sounds good, guys. Good Thank to you talk very to much. You. All right, cheers. Bye. All right, cheers, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and huge thanks to Chuck for joining us on a lovely Friday night remotely. As we mentioned, he does tie a lot of flies. If you are interested in getting in contact with him, his Instagram handle again is underscore as the Sam Crow ties. So hit him up if you need some chuck ties. Otherwise, we'll look forward to next time. Thanks again. Fishing Stories is brought to you by Rep Your Water. Your hosts are me, Corinne Doctor, and Garrison Doctor. Big thanks also to Sam Williamson for the mandolin jingle. If you have your own fishing story or maybe you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at tellusafishingstory at gmail.com. Until next time, hope you find some time out on the water. Thanks again.